Welcome to the Vine Resources Podcast Show. Welcome to another edition of the Vine Resources Podcast Show. Today I'm delighted to have with me the founder of Paddle, Christian Owens. Christian, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, Christian, why don't we just jump straight in and uh, share with our listeners a little bit more information about who you are and who Paddle is. Sure. Um, I'm Christian. I founded Paddle in 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're an e-commerce software company. Uh, We build e-commerce payments tax infrastructure for other software and SaaS and technology businesses. Fantastic. And and you're based in central London? Yep. And you've got around 50 employees, is that correct? Fantastic. And where, tell us about where your customers generally are and what type of companies that you're, you're engaging with. Yeah, so we, we work with a lot of different types of businesses in terms of their size, mm-hmm. um, kind of anywhere from sort of like two people in a bedroom building software to kind of um, much larger companies with two, three, four hundred employees. Um, and they're kind of very, very international. Um, we never set out with a focus of focusing on a single geography and it was more sort of who are the right customers for us, who are the right businesses for us to work with. Um, so that's kind of kind of ended up gravitating towards where software is built. So kind of about 60% of our business is in the US, um, kind of Europe is still huge. Um, and then sort of there are the tricky time zone countries like Australia, Japan, um, which we deal a lot with as well. Fantastic. And um, I, I wanted to, you've got an interesting story about the company. I'd love to share that with our listeners. How, how old's the company now? Uh, six years. Okay, yeah. so why don't, why don't you tell us, uh, could you give us a bit of an overview of the, sure. your humbling beginnings, your <laughs> humble beginnings? Yeah, I so I, um, I left school when I was 16, um, sort of found the internet when I was like 13, um, and started building software from my bedroom. I left school when I was 16 and started a company uh, that went reasonably well, um, it's like two, three people, we scaled it to sort of a million in revenue, and um, it's going reasonably well, and, and sort of throughout this process kind of discovered that I much more enjoyed building products than I did all of this other stuff that you had to do around them. So kind of all of the compliance and taxes and dealing with VAT and, and sort of managing the business and sort of figured other software companies much have, must have this sort of same predicament of like where do you divert resources to the things that you have to do versus the things you want to do. And that's sort of where the idea for Paddle came from. So. I started the business when I was 18. Um, we started in a really small office in Colby with two of us uh, in Northamptonshire and, and sort of after like six, seven months we moved to London and have been here ever since. Fantastic. And as you said, you've got about 50 employees now, so your day-to-day role has probably changed an awful lot in those years. <laughs> yeah. um, but why don't you, could you share with our listeners uh, what a day, typical day-to-day looks like in the business for you as the, as the, as the owner? Yeah, I think sort of it's, it is very different. In the early days, it was building the product and very much focused on that. And, and these days, it's sort of um, probably about half of my time is, is sort of recruiting and people operations kind mm-hmm. of things and attracting kind of really great people. I still try to spend as much time as I can on product. Um, so with our kind of product team, our product managers and designers, um, that's probably about 30% of my time and the rest is sort of general running the business doing everything that nobody else wants to do <laughs> fantastic and well you know can you name perhaps a person who's had a tremendous impact on you perhaps over particularly over those last six years perhaps even someone who's been a mentor to you and and what what impact did they have on, on your life so we had uh two there's actually two that i can think of immediately they're both called mark yep. um one of them was a guy called mark pearson uh who was our first investor who kind of before we had an idea a business a product anything 
uh, he wrote us a check for 150k and was just sort of like as an 18 year old but I'd met I'd met him twice and he was like I think you'll do something go do it and Fantastic. here's some money and sort of try it out and the second one was our first sort of institutional investor uh, also called Mark a guy called Mark Evans um, who's been kind of around the sort of London kind of venture capital scene for a long time and, and sort of kind of really helped us not just with money but with sort of growing up as a company, sort of that awkward kind of, where you go from the awkward kind of teenage phase of a business where you have sort of eight to 10 to 12 people to sort of 20, 30 plus, where it becomes increasingly difficult for everybody to have a relationship with every other person and building real structure. Um, and I think it's those <coughs> things that sort of, they've been most impactful on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw an extra question out here that, that's not, not, not to the script. Um, and I'm just curious, because I, I have lots of listeners here who, maybe thinking of starting their own business or startups, you know, what advice would you give them, particularly in today's generation in 2017, obviously every, everyone seems to wanna to be an entrepreneur these days or start a business, but what, what sound advice would you offer someone who's thinking about doing that um, to really get, set them off in, in, in the best step? I think sort of, there's like the very like hyperbolic answer that I think you can give to this, which is sort of go do it, everything will be great. But I think the actual answer is sort of like be really sure that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Sort of like running a business and sort of scaling a business is, is sort of really, really tough. And I think you have to be prepared for it not to be like a two, three year gig. It's not like a job that you can leave. And sort of when you start hiring people, you suddenly have people's families and mortgages that rely on you. And sort of, I think it's, it's sort of, Pick something that you're really passionate about, just that you would do regardless of if it was going to be a big company or a small company, and mm -hmm. and I think that's the most important thing. I think sort of starting the business on the kind of false pretense of I want to make a bunch of money mm -hmm. is sort of the worst thing you could possibly do because sort of if that's kind of the end game, you're sort of you maybe you'll make a lot of money and maybe that'll make you very happy. But I think it's sort of one of these things that if where I come from in terms of how I think, it's sort of sort of doing what you want to do is much more important than and sort of like what you reap by doing it. Um, so I think it's just about be really sure that you want to start a business. Yeah. Um, and surround yourself with people who have started businesses and kind of there will be sort of, I think the life of sort of starting a business and entrepreneurship is one of like incredible highs and extremely low lows. Um, and sort of that's completely normal, but nobody talks about it. Nobody yeah. says, yeah, you're gonna have these awesome days where you're gonna win customers and you're gonna raise money if you're a tech business. So sort of all these things that sort of are the things that you see on blogs and news yeah. sites and things like that, but you also have the horrible days where customers leave and employees leave and sort of all of these things that are really, really difficult. To, you think it's the worst day of your life and every day you're either having the best day or the worst day of your life. And yeah. I think <laughs> speaking to other people who have also had every day be the best or worst day of their lives yeah. um, is kind of, something that can't really be underestimated. <laughs> That's great advice there, and I could share many of those things <laughs> as well, so I know, I know exactly what you say there. Um, employee engagement is critical to the success of any business. I'm just curious what you do at Paddle, particularly from the top of the business, to keep the employees engaged. So we do a bunch of stuff. Um, sort of, I think, in, I think it has to start with the people that you hire. I think hiring the wrong people sort of immediately puts a damper on anything that you want to do culturally, or internally to engage employees. If you're hiring sort of people who are nine to five there for a paycheck, sort of, I think it's counterintuitive to build it, fostering a really great culture of people you want to work with. 
sort of in terms of specific things that we do, um, sort of we're extremely open in in the company. So um, sort of we share all of our numbers, all of the things that go well, all the things that don't, with everybody in the company, regardless of seniority level. Um, every single person who joins, whether they want it or not, gets shares in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's sort of it's really helps to have everybody kind of bought in and kind of shared wins, shared successes, and also sort of shared bad days as well. Like you can kind of discuss it with people. I think additionally to that, we put, put a big focus on learning. Uh, so we're primarily a technology business. Over half the company is in kind of engineering or product roles, mm-hmm. um, which I think in a lot of companies in technology businesses often leads to sort of there being like an us and them culture mm-hmm. of in tech businesses this perception of the technology or the engineering team is more important than everybody else in the business. Um, so I think sort of the easiest way to, to kind of overcome that sort of beyond just treating everybody equally is to foster a culture where the non-engineering or non-tech people get exposure to that stuff as well and they can feel involved in a conversation they don't feel alienated. So um, we really encourage people to sort of we teach, we encourage them to learn to code. We do classes. We kind of buy books. We subscribe to kind of online courses that they can go on. We pay for conferences wherever they want to go in the world, and sort of like all of these things that we try and do to sort of kind of everybody everybody who joins Paddle is kind of interested in technology, even if they're not a from a technical background. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, the people who aren't from a technical background that are interested in technology, sort of have a desire to learn these things, they just don't know how. Yeah. So having a half of the team be technical, why can't we use some of that resource with internal talks or learning days or hackathons or things like that where sort of everybody can get involved and build something? You know, there's many changes in the marketplace at the moment. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing leaders today? Um, I think there is this... I, I can speak from it from a technical technology perspective um, more than sort of others um, but I think there's this interesting thing that's sort of technology technology in terms of um, I think hiring is always our biggest pro- pro- challenge um, and technologies and the technologies that that kind of product and technical businesses focus on they tend to be cyclical so they tend to be there tends to be a massive ramp up in the, the, the skills need in a certain language or framework or particular skill set, mm-hmm. um, which means that sort of, kind of, over a very short period of time, you have to hire a large number of people from a small talent pool. So it's quite expensive to do, <coughs> and then equally because it's cyclical, sort of when the next thing comes along and a particularly large organization decides to. Um, adopt a new technology or sort of yep. rewrite to something new or whatever it might be, there's sort of the inverse in this sort of like flood of talent that comes onto the market, um, which is really tricky from a like salary benchmarking and sort of employee sort of like career, career pro- like progression within a business when sort of between the span of sort of like 24 months, you can have it be incredibly difficult to hire within a certain skill set and then incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. And then incredibly difficult again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really, really challenging. Um, sort of, I think 
kind of 24 months ago, the answer would have been different. And it probably would have been for tech businesses about funding landscape, but there's so much money out there at the minute. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What do you think the, uh, or what have you, what have you received as the best bit of business advice? Um, I think just focus. I think focus, don't get distracted just because sort of nobody's really telling you what to do. I think it's still as important as ever in whatever business you're in, just to sort of like say laser focus on the thing that you're good at and mm -hmm. sort of the thing that you know how to add value at or the customers like. Um, I think sort of in technology specifically, kind of there is also a kind of very under underrated bias towards sort of scaling something for the wrong reasons, sort of not necessarily growing a company that has revenue or kind mm -hmm. of can be sustainable. So I think sort of focusing on what you're good at and building something sustainable is sort of, I think the tried and true advice that I've been given that sort of I don't think ever goes out of date. How do you, uh, Paddle, how do you um, help a new employee understand the culture of the business? Yeah, we've spent a lot of time thinking about this, especially recently as, as we've been hiring so quickly is, um, I think it's one of those things that sort of you're never quite happy with mm -hmm. uh, and you can always do better at. Um, so our current process sort of to walk you through it is mm. um, sort of we there's like a pre-joining stage of any new employees kind of journey at Paddle where we send them a ton of information about the business. So we are incredibly open and we kind of want to get them to the same level of knowledge about the company, about how we're doing, about what's working, about what isn't as everybody else. So mm -hmm. immediately when they can they come in, they can talk to somebody about sort of, oh, why was last month a bad month or a good month or, or, or whatever? And it sort of breaks the ice a little bit. Um, equally, we try and make somebody's sort of first interaction with Paddle and the team at Paddle a non-work interaction. So whether it's uh, joining sort of the team for dinner or drinks or sort of just coming and hanging out in the office for a while. Um, we try and sort of, it's really awkward I think when you go into a new place of work and you don't really know anybody on mm -hmm. the first day and you haven't met them before and everything's an introduction. Um, so we try and focus on that. Uh, and then people's first day they get assigned a buddy um, who kind of shows them sort of the normal onboarding things, how to get into the office, how to make coffee, sort of like the usual stuff. Um, but then also we'll do things like they'll take them out for lunch and we pay for their lunch on the first day to go wherever they want and um, kind of integrate them into the company a little bit more. Um, and then we also organize sort of kind of quarterly sort of random dinners where we'll send six people from six different teams who wouldn't usually kind of interact with each other on a daily basis to kind yep. of just go out and sort of will foot the bill and, and, and whatever. But I think it's it's more about kind of, kind of the first week is always going to be really immersive in terms of the stuff you have to learn. So yep. one of the things we started doing recently is sort of every single person on our exec team meets with every single new person on a kind of weekly basis. If there's more than one person, we'll do it mm -hmm. in groups. But it kind of gives them sort of one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one kind of opportunity to sort of ask any questions, raise any concerns, and also sort of, I think it can be quite intimidating if sort of you've never met our CFO and then kind of your first interaction with him is if you have like a payroll issue or like yeah. your pension, you want to up your kind of pension contribution or something, and if that's the first conversation you're having with them, it's sort of, it's not very personal. So um, that's one of the things we've been trying to do a lot that's great. as well. That's great. Um, and it's a challenge all the time, isn't it, uh, to get that right? What's the one mistake you witness leaders making more frequently than others? Do you think, in your in your opinion? 
think sort of I think there is some there's some interesting things that happen sort of as businesses scale around kind of kind of internal sort of communication politics and kind of feedback loops. Mm -hmm. um, I think we take a because we're so open, we take like a, a very strong bias towards kind of constant iterative feedback and I think it's something that's really difficult to scale especially when you're growing really quickly things like one-on-ones performance mm -hmm. reviews sort of peer feedback and things like that um, I think the biggest mistake that I see in businesses and we've made the mistake as well is, is sort of not putting enough emphasis on that mm -hmm. especially in someone's first three six months at a company um, making sure that they are having sort of weekly one-on-ones where you can kind of course correct if mm -hmm. there's sort of bad behavior or sort of bad patterns that somebody's getting into or sort of they're not having a good time or something like that that you can sort of address really quickly um, I think is really important and sort of I think the challenge becomes how do you scale that how do you scale that we're a 50 person business now will be a hundred person business mm -hmm. sort of before the end of next year and it's it's a case of okay how does that scale how do you make sure there's reporting structure mm -hmm. in place in order that somebody isn't one-on-one -on -one person who only does one-on-ones with people yeah, yeah, yeah understood what do you what do you think is uh, well the, you know how do you see your industry changing in the future particularly in the next couple of years and how do you think that'll affect your ability to hire and retain the right talent i think sort of in tech specifically the amount of money that is available um from investors uh, means that sort of new companies are being started and funded every single day, um, which sort of naturally just puts a, a strain on on resource, whether it's resource in terms of the ability to hire, whether it's resource in terms of the ability to kind of attract customers or kind of compete, all of these things, and I think sort of the incredibly somewhat easy access to capital at the minute is mm -hmm. sort of obviously a great thing for tech economy, mm -hmm. um, but equally makes sort of, sort of the likelihood of survival of a lot of those businesses a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you obviously started the business very young, which is amazing. So I'm gonna ask you, rather than your 20 year old self, if, <laughs> if, you, could, if you could take your time back to, to being 16, for example, or you were sharing this with another 16 year old, what? What, what advice would you give them on reflection now? I think, I think like we've had a reasonably smooth ride. Uh, and I think sort of it's been surprisingly smooth. We were talking about this sort of um, kind of over lunch sort of yesterday. And, and I think that it's, it's one of those things where kind of from my experience of starting a business sort of a lot of it came reasonably intuitively, but equally a lot of the thing, a lot of the people that we were hiring, all the things that we were doing, it was sort of the first time that I'd ever done these things. It was the first time I even heard of some of the roles that we were hiring for in a lot of cases. So I think sort of, and one of the things that kind of I shied away from kind of sort of in the early days was kind of the emphasis that was put on other people's experience. Mm -hmm. And I think sort of, that like I think it's very easy to be like skeptical or sort of cynical of of sort of people who have 
ex- like lots and lots of experience in a certain area, and I think it just can't be underestimated. Like even if you're not going to hire them or work with them, but just like talk to people and learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's sort of I would have probably spent kind of the first year talking to a lot more people, having a lot more sort of coffees, and just sort of kind of discussing sort of how do I handle this issue? Like, what is this person called? Like, what is this role that we need to hire for? Um, I'd spend a lot more time doing that stuff. Great, fantastic. And Christian, look, thank you so much for sharing and being so open about yeah. you know the, your journey so far. It sounds like an exciting year next year. Yeah. Um, what um, What's the best way to, for people to connect with you, to reach out to Paddle, to get in touch with you? What's the, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, so uh, paddle.com, for, if you want to work for us. Um, but for me, uh, I'm Hey Christian on, on Twitter, um, and so that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us today, and best of luck for next year. Thank you. Thank you for having me.